Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Enjoy the Book of Life. Today, we're going to be talking about Bible studies, and primarily not just a personal Bible study, but one that you're having with others. Now, a few months ago, I had a video conversation with a good friend of mine, Ian Milbrath, and we talked in a broad sense about Bible study, that it doesn't have to be this week, you know, every week we get together and we do this structure. It doesn't have to be like that, but meeting up with other people, studying God's Word together uh, in all sorts of contexts. And he shared how a group of Christians up in the city where he's from, they get together once a month to do an intensive look at a certain topic. Um, and so, this is good. It's good to meet with others and and study the Word of God. Uh, you can do evangelistic Bible studies with your friends and neighbors, colleagues, uh, looking into the Word of God and seeing His glorious gospel. And you can meet with other Christians and encourage one another uh, in the Word of God. But when we get together with Bible studies, first the first thing I want to do is look at the three goals that whenever I meet with others to have a Bible study, I have the same three goals, uh, no matter who it's with. So we're going to examine those. And then after that, I'd like to look at three more things that I have found in my time. I've been to a lot of Bible studies, and I, I found a lot of times areas that that lack and um sometimes i think they should lack and we'll talk about those exceptions as well but areas that that uh, i really appreciate in a bible study and uh then i'll talk briefly about the bible study that uh, that i've hosted and and some hopefully helpful tips and tricks about how i uh implemented those into our study so let's first start with the three things, the three goals that I think should be part of all study. And number one is to teach the truth, uh, to discover the truth, to find that uh, the Word of God is truth, and we want to rightly divide the Word of truth. Uh, we know that any deliberate teaching uh, or explanation of the Word of God that leads to falsehood, that is aimed at leading other people astray is is a wicked act and and one that deserves God wrath God's wrath as it says in 2 Peter 2 verses 1 through 3 and so we need to be very careful when we are opening the word of God and we we want to make sure that our objective is not to lead people astray not to reach some predetermined destination except for the truth, right? That's what we're aiming at. We, When we open the Word of God, it's not about how I feel. It's not about um, what, what pleases me, what brings me what, what I think is happiness, but I want to find the truth. And, and the Spirit of truth, He's the one who guides us. He's the one who directs us. Uh, that we need whenever we meet in any setting in any format however you do a bible study and this can be even your own personal bible study there needs to be an emphasis on seeking after the truth and uh the second 
one that I think uh, is really good is not just uh, finding truth, but the ability to study, developing our own ability to study. So when I study with others, uh, I want to be able to cultivate my study methods. And this is one of the reasons that uh, on the on the podcast, we do tips and tricks and and different resource reviews, and we talk about other people's experiences in the Word of God. We want to be able to develop that ability to study. So when I'm sitting down with a foreign passage, something that I haven't studied before, uh, I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray to him. Uh, he's my teacher. But then I'm going to read through the passage. I'm going to use my Bible study tools, uh, be a diligent student of the Word. I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my mind. I'm going to, de I'm going to uh, devote myself to it. I'm going to uh, pursue it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to pray through it. I'm going to do all these different things. Uh, and I think when I meet with someone else, I, I'm going to be talking with them and say, oh, look, I noticed that this verse goes with that. It's not that I'm simply trying to tell you my thoughts about it. This is what I think about the text, but I'm going to draw connections. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to look for thought flow. And these are the basic Bible study tools that Christian and I uh, covered way back in episodes one and two the four basic Bible study tools. And so with these, not, not only uh, is there the, the seeking after truth, but there's also a, a learning, an education that's going on, a development of myself in building this, um, this skill in studying the Word of God. And then the third that the third thing is an eagerness to study. So I think it's important if if I meet together with someone and it seems laborious, it seems you know like oh, I guess it's time to go to Bible study. If that's the case, I think something's wrong. Uh, this these are the greatest truths. These are the the deepest waters to swim in. You, you can do all sorts of things uh, with the text. I mean, you've got poetry, if that's what you're interested in. You've got legal arguments. You've got uh, dramatic histories and war stories. And you've got uh, great wisdom texts. And you've got all of this uh, in the pages. And it's all about the infinite God of the universe who loves you. And and to study this, to learn more about the Lord Jesus and what he's done and who he is, this should be invigorating. This should be something that's, that's quick to excite us. And so I think the Bible study needs to replicate that, that um, when I sit down to study it, uh, this should be an exciting situation. And, and when I'm doing a study with a newer believer, they should see that excitement, that passion, that, that drive I have to learn something new. 
and and ask those questions and make those connections and say, wow, isn't that isn't that amazing? Like, oh, I need that in my life. Uh, I'm thankful that the Spirit revealed that to me. I you know in areas of struggle and areas of worship, right? You see something, and say, wow, but you know, thank the Lord that that's true. And so I think uh, each of these three are things that we need to have as purposes uh, in our study. We need to be uh, teachers of the truth, uh, looking for truth. That needs to be our objective, but also uh, not just seeing it as an acquisition of knowledge, but a development of a skill uh, of studying, getting familiar, more familiar with the text. There, there are some uh, texts, admittedly, that I are, I'm less familiar in. Uh, it, it gets a little murky for me. And so I, I go to, you know, I edge into them. And so it, it can be difficult, but I want to broaden my uh, abilities and deepen my understanding in these different areas, because I think this is an area that needs to be developed. And then finally, the third is that excitement, that eagerness, right? That that it again, it's not just an acquisition of knowledge; it's a it's a development of a relationship as well. That I am I'm learning about uh, the Lord Jesus. I'm pursuing Him, and uh, He is te- His Spirit is teaching me, and so it all culminates in worship to the Father. So I think. Uh, these three things very important. I think if you're looking to start a Bible study and it doesn't hit these categories, if you say, "Well, I'm not all about finding out the truth," or "or we can't know what the truth is uh, when we study the Bible," uh, I don't think that this is going to be a very helpful podcast the the rest of the time. Uh, if you say, well, you know, I, I'm happy for others to tell me what this means. I don't need to develop that skill. Again, that's not the point of what we're doing here. We want to develop. Uh, we want to be uh, students of the word. We want, And then finally, we want to enjoy the book of life. And so all of these, I think, tie together. And I think it's a good question. Think of it thinking through, okay, I meet with these people throughout the week or monthly or you know, at different conferences throughout the year, um, and thinking through in each of those categories, uh, are these things true of those meetings? That truth is the main object, that uh, I'm developed as a Bible student, and that it promotes my relationship with Christ, that it excites me and and gets me moving in that direction. So, uh in the Bible studies that I've experienced, I, I noticed that there were a lot of things that people would pursue, but it was a little difficult to do. And the first one was what in what we call in education, differentiation. So uh, everyone's at different levels, at different places in their Bible knowledge, in their uh, spiritual walk. And um, so... Sometimes you'll have like an intensive Bible study, or you'll have a new believer's Bible study, or you'll have an evangelistic Bible study. You have all these different kinds of Bible study, and if you go to the wrong study, you'll 
find yourself drowning right way over your head. They're talking about this, that, and the other, and you, you don't know what's going on. Or you're going to be sitting there saying, yeah, I know all the answers to these questions. And, you know, not really enriched, not really uh, growing as a result. So I think that this can be a big challenge is is having a format for a Bible study where anyone can come and everyone can be developed in those things. They can all discover truth there. They can all develop as a Bible student and it will be exciting, right? It's something that's enjoyable. Uh, the second one that I found is uh, it being student-centered. A lot of times I go to a Bible study and uh, there's one person who does primarily all the talking. It's kind of teacher-centered. So they're the ones, they did the prep work. They're the ones teaching, talking, uh, instructing. And it's it's not really focused on the other people, even though the, the as a teacher, you want to say it's focused on them because they're the one receiving the instruction. But anyone who's done any teaching knows you actually gain the most when you're the one doing the teaching. So if I get up and I give a monologue, I know the monologue better than any of the students will because I had to put in the work to prepare, to present. And so I actually walk away more uh, with, uh, with a greater amount of knowledge about that monologue, that that. Uh, presentation that I gave than any of my students. And so that can be a struggle as well. And then um, the last one is discussion orientation. I've seen a lot of times where a Bible study, they'll want to get a group and they, they're trying to get the group involved. You know, what, what can, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And they want to get other people sharing. And it can be difficult, you know, especially if you're new to the environment uh, you know, in certain personalities, it's a little bit more difficult. You know, some people like to sit back and and just kind of sit and watch and and not participate. And so this can be a struggle as well. Now, like I said, there are exceptions to these. Uh, I think sometimes in the case of differentiation, there are times to be specific uh, to to get a group of like-minded believers uh, to do something very intensive. Or to get a group where everyone's, you know, not a believer and the one person's doing it or a couple or, or a group of people are doing it as an evangelistic uh, ministry. And so the goal there is not for them, but for those that are lost. And, and so you'll have that as well. So I think there are times where we say, no, this, is, this has a very specific focus. Uh, for these people. We want to minister to this group of people. And so as a result, you get that that very specific focus. Uh, the same thing with the student-centered. If my goal is to present bulk information, like I want to do a survey of the Old Testament, we can't do a, a student-centered approach there because it just takes too long. For, for you to go through and slowly, methodically piece together what it may have taken this teacher decades to put together, and for them to stand up there and give that monologue, that presentation of it, 
uh, of that rough structure. Yeah, you might not get it as much as them, but they spent decades, you know, getting a handle on that. And so now they're giving that to you in a condensed form. And so there is, again, a good time for that when you need to do some sort of survey or a, um, a large, large bulk piece of information all at once. So that can be helpful as well. Um, now, the discussion-oriented, I think that this is um, a strength I wouldn't find too many exceptions for. This is tied very much to the student orientation. If it's focused on the students, they should be discussing. They should have input. They should be um, working together. They should. There should be discussion as they develop that idea, th those ideas. And again, discussion allows you to hear what's going on and uh, see what they're thinking, what they're drawing from the text as well. Again, if someone's giving that bulk survey, there's not going to be as much discussion because you're listening to a teacher. Um, but I think it is good to have points even then to pause, let's discuss this in small groups or something like that, or in a large group setting, let's have some discussion, some Q&A, kind of a little back and forth dialogue. And that can be very helpful as well. So after all of this, uh, we've talked about kind of these three big focuses and then some three areas that I think are really challenging. Um, no matter what Bible study you go to, what group of people you have, what ages they are, it can be very difficult to differentiate, to have it student-centered and very discussion-oriented where people are ready and willing to uh, share what they have. So, uh, there was a format of Bible study that um, we developed here and uh, had with a group of college students. And so I want to run through that just a little bit. Now, if you're interested, all of this information that I'm going through, you can find at enjoythebookoflife.com uh, in leading a Bible study series. And I've written this out so that you can go through and examine a little bit more closely. Um, but I, I hope to do some more about this, about like the nitty gritties, especially with a discussion, managing a discussion. I think this can be one of the hardest things for teachers, because if if you've spent the time studying this and you, you know, you just want you just want to share it, you, you want to tell them the truth, you know, especially if this is something enjoyable to you. And, and so allowing them to discuss and not monopolizing. It can be difficult. And so uh, I learned some great techniques um, from other brothers that I saw leading discussion that I found very helpful as a student. And so I've been able to use those. So I'd like to do a video on that. Uh, so look for that in the future. But uh, going back to this, uh, really the format of the study that we did, and I've seen, I've shared this with many people, and I've seen many people change it and mold it and make it their own. So I'll, I'll share some of those uh, with you at the end. But what we would do is everyone would show up, you know, roughly on time, and uh, we'd all get together and uh, we would pray, and then we would break into groups. And I like smaller groups. We 
when the Bible study grew, sometimes we were forced to have a little bit bigger groups, but four or five people in a group is, is I think, best. Uh, you can go shrink down to about two or three, but I would say three to five is it was what I preferred over the time. And again, that that might just be me. I don't have really any specific reason. I think, uh, anyway, it gives a good little balance there. So three to five people in a group, and they would have, I would print out the passage that we were going to be studying that night. So they'll, they had the passage in front of them, and it was just the text, just that week's text. Now, a lot of them, you know, had their own Bibles, and we had spare Bibles there for other people to use. But that way, uh, what we would do is they could mark all over that paper, circling and underlining and drawing lines to connect from here to there. And that would allow them to make all those markings without having to worry about, you know, writing all in their Bible. Some people like that and you know, even even me who does this sort of method myself, I don't want to jot down every thought that came into my head into my Bible, but I would I can do that on this piece of paper. So here they are there. Um, we would break into these groups and then we would run through the four basic Bible study tools. Again, you can find these in episodes one and two with uh, Christian and I talking through these. Uh, Christian, he attended the, the study. And so these four basic Bible studies tools, they really promoted the development of study. So the first one is ask questions. So you look through it and you'd say, what authentic real questions do I have? List five of them. Or, or, sorry, the first one is um, is finding uh, words. So repeated, important, and unexpected words, phrases, and ideas. So go through it, and you underline, you circle. We had colored pencils, crayons, all that sort of thing. So you could do it in different colors and, and make those connections. But one of the things, and this is one of the great things I love seeing, is at first... Everyone reads the text, and then they start center one. They start underlining and circling. After a while, after several weeks of this, you'll see as they're reading, they start to notice, oh, this word's repeated, and they start underlining it as they go. And they start to do it instinctively. And this is the point, that then... Next time they start reading a passage, they start saying, oh, look at this repeated word. That's probably a big idea in this text. Oh, that's an unexpected word. I wonder why he said that. Let, let me circle that word. And so it starts to develop those study methods. Again, it's the same four things every week. Look at those words that are repeated, unexpected, and important. Then after that, that leads naturally into questions. Why did he say this? Why is this, right? Why this here and not there? And so that's where you ask, I say, at least five authentic, real questions that you really have. Don't make up some question, right, that you don't really care about. What are five real questions? And I, a lot of people say, well, I don't have any questions. I say, well, then find them. Uh, there are questions here. Uh, no matter how much you've studied a text, 
go back, find those questions. Now, this is very student-centered, this approach. The students are there, they're getting their hands in it, they're working with the text, but it's also very differentiated. I think back to our very first week of this, we had um, a gal who came and she needed to use the table of contents to find the book of John, which is what we were studying. We had another fellow who the third activity is connections, making connections to other places in the scriptures, making connections to the world around us because the world, the word of God is practical, and then making connections to yourself because the word of God is applicable in our own lives. And so uh, his text-to-text -text connection was to the book of Isaiah. And so here's one gal, she was making connections, and then here is this guy, he was making connections, but at different levels. So everyone was able to make connections, even if it was, well, let me connect it to what we learned last week, uh, or let me connect this to what it says in the prophets. So it was very differentiated, student-centered. And then the final activity that we did, again, you can find more on this in the first and second episode, is um, uh, the general comprehension. And this is a fun little activity. I have everyone draw a picture of the passage. And uh, everyone kind of looks at you a little crazy, like, why? What are, you, what are you talking about? Why am I drawing a picture of the passage? And it's not about the picture. It's about the thought that goes into the picture, because it's impossible for you to draw a picture of something that you don't understand. For example, our first week, again, we are looking at the first 17 verses of the book of John. And in that, you have the Word, which, who is God and was with God and who became flesh, uh, who uh, is the light of the world and was preceded into the world by the forerunner. Now, by the time you have all of that in your head to put into picture form, you comprehend what the passage is about. You've got at least a general understanding of what's going on. And I like to say, I say, you have to fit the whole passage into one picture. So we don't do that big of a passage. We do, again, that first week we did 17 verses. And so you had to draw the whole, pic the whole passage in one picture. And one of the great things is, is when I'm referencing back to old passages, people will say, oh, I still remember what I drew for that. You know, they can remember those pictures. And so it actually helps uh, their memory of the passage as well. So this leads us to the discussion. So we would do those four activities, and I give them about 12 to 15 minutes. So it would take about an hour for us to complete all four activities in the space of uh, an hour. Then these small little bubbles, we would all, the small little groups of three to five people, <laughs> I don't know why I called it bubbles, but <laughs> these uh, little uh, groups, we all got back together into a larger group. We all came together and we just discussed what we had learned. And so this is, again, the hard part is, as the teacher, I had to take the back seat and say as little as I could and let them all share what they had learned. And this is where the discussion orientation came from, is that I could say, who's got a picture they want to share? 
everyone has a picture. Now, they, not everyone wanted to share it, and that's fine. But I could say, okay, who's got a good question? I know everyone in the circle has five questions. I could say, oh, well, what are some interesting words that you noticed? Right? What were some more repeated words? Did everyone get that one? Oh, that's a good one. You know, And this, again, allows you, we'll talk more about the discussion part in another episode, but it allows you to compliment them. It allows them to build that enjoyment of the Bible study. So again, the focus is on, on teaching truth, learning truth. It's on developing a student in the word, uh, not just someone who wants to sit and listen to the Bible but someone who's actually developing and learning as they develop. And then finally, it's enjoyable, right? We had a good time. Uh, you know, we, we laugh and oh, with the pictures and, and have a great time uh, learning and studying. And this is one of the things that we've had. People say, you know, because we did it on Friday night and people are like, there's so many things going on in a college town on Friday night. But here we are at the Bible study, having the best time out of anyone in the city. So all that being said, I think no matter what kind of Bible study you're in, and I think there are lots of different great methods and, and ways to have Bible studies, I, I don't think we need to be uh, very restrictive. Uh, sitting down in a coffee shop, talking with someone else, that's a great Bible study. But no matter wh what kind of Bible study you're in, it should be all about learning the truth. It should be about developing as a Bible student, and it should be enjoyable, enjoying the book of life. And I hope I gave you some things to think about when it came to differentiation, how you can improve that, uh, as well as student orientate or student-centered and uh, discussion-oriented. I think if you're going to get some good discussion, and maybe we'll talk more about this in, in that next episode. But if you're going to uh, get that discussion, they're going to have to invest into it. They, you, they're going to have to have something in the tank, essentially, to share. And so if you want to cultivate that discussion, we had that hour beforehand where they studied. And so think about that. If that's something that you're struggling with, we want more discussion. How are you going to input, right? How are they going to get that input so that they can share? So again, hope that these are helpful and uh, can develop, uh, help you develop Bible studies. And, and again, this is something I encourage. If you're not in Bible studies, get in a Bible study, even if it's just sitting and sitting down with someone or going on Zoom with a friend that lives far away and talking through what you've been studying, what you've been reading, uh, going through a book of the Bible together, I think this is uh, something that's needful for us. We, we need to spend time uh, in the word of life.